Well, I think um, it's finally starting to hit me uh, at the heart level. Some of the stuff I've been reading from other priests during this time of like weeping at their empty churches during the Triduum or on Palm Sunday. I don't know if it's my own hardness of heart, but uh, I haven't really felt it. But today I was just scrolling through my phone and wept multiple times at various things, uh, one of which was Bishop Barron prostrating himself in an empty church uh, on Good Friday yesterday. Um, Something about that image just really uh, moved me a lot. But one thing that really surprised me, and I'm a bit embarrassed, but it was an ESPN ad that was about, like, missing sports, (laughs) and it made me really sad. And there there was a a part of it where these, this student section at a college basketball game is just chanting, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. And I remember those chants at college basketball games, and they were particularly moving in times when it was very hard to believe that you would win, like fourth quarter, down by a lot of points. And I can only imagine what the players must have felt to hear the student section behind them, but I know what it felt like being in the student section cheering them on, that there was this unison and a sort of ecstasy um, And I I brought that to prayer, that particular one, this longing for victory. And not just, I mean, sports is is amazing in many ways, and I hope we get it back soon, but it's not, of course, the end of what our hearts are really looking for. But I think any time, at least I try to notice when my heart resonates with something, what is it that's the deep desire down there that I want? And what I see reflected in sports and, like, you know, the championships that my, quote, my teams have won, the Bulls and the... Cubs a few years ago and um, the basketball team when I was down at U of I going to the national championship and just feeling like you're really part of something like I believe that we will win (laughs) like they're the guys playing the game but it's us on the court you know it's us on the field somehow they allow us into their world and to participate in their in their uh, triumph but then not only am I individually communing with this team that's performing this thing outside of me, but then I'm brought together side by side with my brothers and sisters in this unison that we're very different people, come from different backgrounds, but we all are glorying in this uh, achievement um, and this kind of communal victory. And I think, of course, uh, Easter is more than simply just a victory. I mean, it is that, and it's the victory that we all long for. And this Easter vigil, all the readings point to all of the human longings that Christ fulfills. Um, From the very beginning, Adam and Eve being made in the image of God, meant to reflect God's glory perfectly, and falling and failing. Or Abraham being asked to completely trust God, even offering his child of the promise, Isaac. Um, That was about Jesus, too, and God offering the sacrifice for us because we couldn't trust him enough. We couldn't even Abraham's faith was amazing, but uh, even that, no human being could, could totally entrust himself except the Lord Jesus. The exodus and liberating, being liberated by God from this slavery that we've kind of fallen into, and that even after we're liberated, there's still a kind of sense that, hmm, I wish I was still a slave, and wishing to go back to Egypt and the flesh pots. That whole story, only Jesus is the, the Passover that really gets us out of the muck of slavery. All the rumors through the prophecies, Isaiah saying there's a new Jerusalem coming. God's going to marry his people. The union of God and 
and, and man will be like the union of husband and wife and will live in the city made of gold where there's no more suffering, no more sin. That prudence and wisdom himself would come in to, into our midst to guide us and show us and illuminate the way before us. And finally, Ezekiel saying that these bones, these dry bones are going to rattle around and get sinews and flesh back on them and that we're going to not be dead forever anymore and that someday... God's going to bring back all the nations, all the people back, not just the Jews, but everybody. Um, and that he's going to create a clean heart in us, that he's going to purify us and sprinkle us with water and give us a new heart and a new spirit. All of that, for thousands of years, people were longing for Jesus and they didn't even know it. And I, as a teenager, wishing the Cubs would win the World Series, I was longing for Jesus and I didn't know it. Right? That we want this victory that I can actually participate in, not just watch it, but be it. And that doesn't fade away. That's not like, oh, we won the championship this year, now we've got to work for it next year. It's not a crown that withers. It's a victory that lasts forever. But that's what I think the end of it all is. What, what is going to finally, us, finally draw us out of this world of shadows and images and reflections of what we're looking for and up into the, into the land that calls us all the time, that's what it's going to be like, is this victory, this fourth quarter, that like, what could be longer odds than a dead guy in a tomb with a huge stone rolled over it, and Roman guards guarding it, and the whole world just dismissing this man as a failed, another failed Messiah, another failed prophet, that he comes back. He's victorious, and that victory is not just our team's victory, but our victory. We participate in his humanity, in his divinity. I was reading a, a poem a friend sent me uh, of a friend of his. She wrote it. That she was at the cemetery the other day and um, just to pray outside. And she didn't know anybody in the cemetery, but she walked around and, and looked at the names and such, and she was sitting on a stone bench, and she writes in the poem how she didn't come to talk to any dead relatives or pray for anyone or pay her respects or put flowers. She just came to talk to God. And what she received from God was that you're not here yet, right? You're not, there's no name. Your name's not on any of these stones. Um, but you're the only one in this place that's begging to be more alive, right? Only you want more life right now. There's a sense that you're not totally alive, and God wants to give her that. He wants, he wants to give her that life. And I think that remembering that we will die, remembering that this specter of death is always over us, can either be depressing and cause us to give up hope, or it can remind us to not forget to live, that the whole thing's been reversed now because of Jesus' victory. As you get older and move through life, your life doesn't decrease, or it shouldn't in Jesus. It shouldn't get more weighed down and more decrepit and decayed and more lifeless until finally you just kind of fall down and, and go out like a little candle. That as Christians, we get more alive as we live. Even if our bodies are decaying, even if this mortal coil is kind of wasting away, the life in us is increasing. Um, and that's mysterious. And I think we've seen old people who have lived the Christian life for a long time, and although their body is wasting away, they can barely walk, there's a life in their eyes that's not in people 50 years younger than them because they're attached to this Jesus who has given them this victory. 
that no force on earth, nothing can separate us from this love that lets us live forever. I'll finish with this. The, this season is normally one where we, Lent, we're supposed to be sad, and Easter, we're supposed to be happy. And the liturgies that we celebrate, and if we were able to do baptisms and confirmations, and I, I seldom feel more satisfied as a priest as after an Easter vigil. Um, and so it's kind of automatic. I can count on it. The season just, my feelings match up with the seasons, and, that, and that's great. Um, but it's not always so. Um, and not just because of the shutdown and everything, um, but our emotions are not always keyed in exactly to where we're supposed to be in the liturgical year. And that's fine. Um, it's a beautiful thing when the liturgy or our relationship with God through prayer, the scriptures, and, and meditating on the life of Christ and these truths that we contemplate tonight, when they do nourish us and we feel it. And that's a great gift when we have that enthusiasm and feeling of like, this life is getting more bright in me, more on fire. I do feel more alive than I did last year when I celebrated Easter, that I'm moving in the right direction. But it's also fine if we don't feel that all the time. Um, because we don't just come to Mass, we don't just come to prayer to stoke a sentimental feeling of like, that's, that's not the authentic life and joy, I think, that Christ wants to give us at Easter. is not simply for us to be able to go to a church, kneel down, and get rid of our sadness and replace it with some, some warm fuzzies. Um, being moved by the truths of the faith, being moved in our deepest, inmost being is good, but it's because it's attached to an objective reality that's always and everywhere true. And that is Christ. That even if I don't feel Easter joy right now, Easter still happened. Jesus still rose. And I can cling to him. That's my rock. Um, and that if I do cling to him, I can count on the fact that the ups and downs, my feelings, my, my emotions, um, even the things in my life that are not all the way alive yet and still are broken and in need of that reconciliation and healing, that so long as I'm clinging to him, that his victory is mine. That if death can't hold him and he's holding me, then it's got no power over me either. That these things may happen, the shadow of death and plague and pestilence is all around us all the time, not just this year, but all the time. But we Christians, we hold on to this truth, this light, this flame that burns brightly in us, that gives us hope, that lights our way, that fulfills all of the desires, all of the needs, all of the questions humanity has had ever since we fell from grace. How are we going to win? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to come to the end? And it resolves that we can all be in unison, chanting in the presence of our victor and king um, and have his victory overflow into us so that we can sing for all eternity, Hosanna, holy, 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 um, to, to his praise and to his glory and to, to our own, which, which overflows into our own hearts this night and God willing for all eternity in heaven.